Welcome back to the Parenting Junkie Show. And today we're going to talk all about mindset, what it is and why I hold the belief that it is everything, the key to our health, happiness, success, and joy on this planet, um, as much as any one thing can be the key. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. So before we dive into this, let me just tell you that this episode is brought to you by my very own program called Alchemize. So the process of alchemizing is taking one substance and turning it into gold. And in this case, Alchemize is a course and a coaching experience that you can add on that basically helps you take your thoughts and all of those things that run through your head like anxieties and fears and frustrations and alchemize them, transform them into mindsets that can actually move you forward in life, that can actually help you solve problems, become the person you want to be, create the life that you want to create, be the parent, partner, person that you want to be. So I know that you've probably heard this statistic that we have about 80,000 thoughts running through our head every single day, and those thoughts are often repetitive and very often negative. We all have a negativity bias. It's something that keeps us alive and surviving, but it can also keep us under the tyranny of negative interpretations and negative thoughts and judgments and beliefs and doubts, etc. And if you are hearing voices in your head constantly, uh, feeling like you're not enough, like you're messing up, like you're a failure, feeling offended, feeling like a victim, feeling uh, upset, worried, anxious, scared, fearful, uh, doubtful, all of those quote-unquote negative feelings that we can be constantly thinking about, then that shapes your reality as we're going to discover today. So today I'm going to dive into mindset and why I think it's everything and a little bit about my own personal story. Uh, But if you'd like to go deeper with me on this and you would like to go on a personal journey with me to learn the skills of a healthy mindset and potentially also to join me in small group coaching in an intimate setting where we really create a sense of community, a sense of this amazing space where we can show up as ourselves and support each other in really becoming the, the, the strong, powerful minds that we want to be in this world, then go on over to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash alchemize. We'll be opening the doors to the course very, very soon. In fact, if you're listening to this, On Monday, as it drops, you can actually access the course today. You can purchase the course today and get inside and start uh, really binging on this deep transformative content. And then we'll be launching the live component to this course, the group coaching, which is in an intimate group coaching setting with me. Um, We've been doing it for three months. We've had phenomenal results with it. Uh, And that first session is going to be kicking off on the 7th of October. So you get the course today and then you'll be invited into that group coaching experience. The spots to that are very limited. So if you think you want it, then I recommend that you get in soon because we have sold out uh, in the past and I wouldn't want you to be left outside the door. Okay, Alchemize, the program, is all about becoming unvictimized, unshakable and unoffendable. Now, why did I choose these terms? 
well, honestly, this is a deeply personal process for me. I spent most of my childhood hearing and knowing about myself that I was what was called highly sensitive or overly sensitive. And I spent a huge chunk of time and energy feeling offended by things, offended by faces people would make, the way people would treat me, things people would say, things people would believe, actions of others. I spent a huge chunk of my childhood feeling very shaken up by information that I had received, by witnessing certain things, by learning about certain things uh, in, you know, in the news or in whatever it was, in social circles, etc. Just feeling really shaken, feeling like I have this thin, flimsy skin that everything gets to me and everything riles me up and everything makes me anxious and jittery. I remember having kind of existential crises even as a small child, like, who am I? What am I? What is the meaning of life? Um, and I also really felt often like uh, like a victim. And in some cases, you know, you might be, and I certainly was in some cases, objectively what one would refer to as a victim, right? Like I, I lived through extensive terror and I saw uh, many people who I knew closely and including family members and friends um, being murdered. And I witnessed extreme acts of violence um, and developed severe PTSD. So I was very shaken and very victimized by that experience. And I had such bad severe PTSD that I had uh, repetitive night terrors um, and hallucinations and complete paralyzing, um, you know, petrifying episodes uh, that lasted for about five years until I seek therapy and I was able to um, overcome it. Now, when I did go to therapy, just FYI, if you're struggling with anxiety, I can recommend from my own personal experience, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. It's something that really, really, really transformed my PTSD, but also has helped me throughout my life ever since. Now, what I learned there was the power of my mind. And I've since learned and relearned and continue to learn about the power of the mind uh, through many different modalities, right? Spiritual modalities, psychological modalities. Um, but it keeps coming at the same idea from different angles. And ultimately, I sum up the idea in a rather simplistic and shallow way where I basically say mindset is everything. And that's not to discount the fact that things happen in real life, tragedies, losses, you know, all sorts of terrible things happen in real life. Other people can be really sucky. Uh, situations can be really bummy. Things cannot work out the way we want. Things can be absolutely devastatingly tragic, in fact. Um, and yet, and yet, mindset still is going to be a huge differentiator in how we experience that uh, external reality. And here's what, uh, here's what I kind of mean by that. Uh, to illustrate it, I'm actually going to talk about the concept of framing and reframing things. And the truth is that there can be an objective reality, an objective or as objective as possible set of circumstances, right? But how we look at it and how we interpret it is what's going to change the way that we feel about it, okay? The definition of a mindset is an established set of attitudes held by someone. Basically, just our attitude, our interpretation, our approach to any piece of information or, or data. So let's look at this from a visual perspective. Um, if you are familiar with the work of Jackson Pollock, right? He was a kind of an action painter. He would spray paint and just flick paint all over the canvas. And it was a big, massive scribble of paint. And he has been, uh, you know, his, his name has gone down in history as one of the great artists. And these action paintings, these kind of 
abstract scribbles of paint where literally paint was was kind of flung about and drizzled over a canvas are are sold for millions of dollars are shown in places like you know the met and the tate gallery and all the all the places that are the most uh, prestigious um uh, art galleries around the world and they are worth tons of money and considered to be extremely important right now if you take that exact painting and you see it hanging in the met it holds within it a certain list of interpretations that are going to be triggered in most people's minds right they're going to think of 20th century art they're going to think of abstract modern postmodern art they're going to think of jackson pollock they're going to think of millions of dollars they're going to think of um whatever comes along with that world and that frame of reference for them right and if you took that same imagery and it wasn't framed up in the context of important 20th century art hanging in the Met, but instead it was graffitied on a wall, right? Or it was a crumpled flyer on the floor in, you know, a really crummy part of town, along with a lot of other garbage, you would think of it completely differently. You wouldn't think it's worth millions of dollars. You wouldn't think it was an important commentary on abstract art. You would not see that very same image, the very same drizzles, the very same palette, the very same color, the very same brushstrokes, etc. You would suddenly interpret in a completely different way. And the reason is because although the imagery remains the same, although the content of what is being portrayed in that visual remains the same, your frame of mind, the way it is literally framed up, is it on an expensive, important frame on the wall of an expensive, important art gallery, or is it crumpled in the corner of a garbage can? The frame of how that image is portrayed to you and how you perceive it is what informs how you feel about it, to a large degree, right? So, I'm using that as a metaphor, although it's a very apt metaphor because really that could be the case specifically with a Jackson Pollock painting or with any other painting, right? Like you could see a nude uh, painting hanging in a gallery and think one thing about it and think uh, think of it as (laughs) how high or low a form of art, but then you could see it in a crumpled up magazine on the floor and see and think of it differently in terms of high or low art, for example, right? The thing is that we all are viewing everything in our lives through a certain frame, through a certain set of interpretations. Um, And I'll give you another example, and this is kind of a classic folk tale of rain, right? And how one person, say, uh, someone who's getting married, and all, you know, it's an outdoor wedding and everyone's invited and they're about to get married and it starts raining, they could frame up that rain as raining on their parade, ruining their day, right? Just a really bad luck and a bad thing that happened to them. Versus the farmer who has been waiting through months of drought for some rain to for his harvest would see it as a huge blessing and be so grateful for it. Someone else who's just cozily reading a book at home might be completely oblivious to the rain and not care one way or another. And so the point is that the rain was just the rain. It's a neutral fact, right? That's the content of what happened. But the frame of mind through which we view that rain is going to be drastically different depending on our mindset, depending on our interpretation of it. So... In that regard, mindset is everything. And Viktor Frankl, uh, who 
was a Holocaust survivor. He went through several different camps. Um, he lost everything, right? Lost all sense of identity, all possessions, family, friends, uh, bodily health, autonomy, integrity, was uh, subjected to the most horrific uh, you know, crimes and uh, oppression that a human being can be subjected to. He said that mindset, well, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said that mindset is the last of our humanity or our human dignities, right? The last place that we have control, okay? So he was an Austrian neurologist and psychiatrist. And he said, when we are no longer able to change the situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. In other words, up until some point, we might really want to change the situation, right? Like we might want to pick a different date for our wedding if it's going to rain that date that day, right? And I'm bringing just just an example of, of, of rain because it's kind of a, a simple and easy to understand example, although he was referring to horrors, the horrors of Auschwitz. Um, but when we're no longer able to change that, then at that point, the only thing that we have left to change is ourselves. Here's another quote from him. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given circumstances and to choose one's own way. So this is a man, he was, you know, in Auschwitz and three other, four other camps, sorry, three other camps. And in these places, he still came to that conclusion that no one can take my attitude away from me. No one can take my mindset away from me. No one can take my reaction, my response to the external stimuli away from me. And that is the last of my human dignities and the last of the things that I control. And so when I say mindset is everything, that's really the crux of what I mean, is that everything else might be taken away from us. But in at least most cases, this is that one last thing that no one can take away from us. Right. In some cases, we might lose control over our mindset as well. But ultimately, most of us are able, if we so choose, to uh, regain control and decide to, to actually craft and deliberately shape our mindsets in the image of the people that we want to be, in the image of our values, right? Like if we value being kind, compassionate, tolerant, um, open-minded, creative, uh, any, any values that you might have, then your mindset is the place where you are able to most powerfully, uh, influence and shape and use and claim those values as part of yourself. We get to do that, but it's incredibly challenging, right? No doubt, no doubt. And the reason it's so challenging is because thoughts are automatic um, because we are very spongy creatures and we see messages in media, social media, through friends, we hear things uh, visually, we are seeing messages all around us all the time, etc. And they influence subconsciously the mindsets that we hold. However, um, I think that the kind of core uh, process of growing up, of maturity, is the process of taking ownership over our mindsets. It's the process of deciding, really choosing, really exercising that right uh, to our own choice of how we interpret a situation, of what we choose to focus on, what we choose to emphasize, what we choose to believe, what we choose to underscore, right? Where we direct that lens of attention and then how we understand the situation at hand. So let's bring this back to parenting, for example. 
Okay. So as parents, I think it's very easy for us to feel like we're victims, right? It's so easy to feel that way because parenting is inherently challenging and overwhelming. And even though we all know we're so blessed to have children and many people can't have children and we're grateful to have children and we're grateful to be able to feed them and put a roof over their head and all these things that we must not and cannot take for granted, it still can be easy to fall down that mindset, uh, that mindset kind of minefield and to get to get blown up over these mindsets where we feel like, oh, why is it always me? Or why is it so hard? Or why don't I know? Why does no one take care of my needs? Or, or really feel like trapped in a parenting experience that is stressful, that is overwhelming, that is never ending, that is you know, kind of relentless and exhausting and difficult. And maybe we have a, a, what we perceive to be an extra challenging child where there's a lot of high intensity emotions and a lot of persistence or maybe developmental challenges that can really truly leave us feeling like a victim. And that is justified. And here's the thing about being in a victim mindset is that it's justified. Everybody's allowed to feel what they feel. You're allowed to feel like a victim. I'm allowed to feel like a victim. It's not like it's not allowed. Of course, it's justified. And in many cases, it's just so clear and so objective and so obvious that we're extremely victimized, right? That we really are victims of circumstance or that we really are victims of other people. Something truly bad and truly upsetting and truly hard to overcome has really occurred because that's the nature of life and those things truly do happen. So the idea of regaining control over our mindset does not mean that we negate in any kind of way that bad things happen and that people have challenges and that people have struggles. Now, I'm not talking about people at large. I'm talking about you and me, right? And what we want for ourselves, because uh, this is ultimately a supremely personal process. And the personal process I'm talking about is as someone who feels like a victim, as I have many on many occasions in my life for various reasons, and we can debate how justified I was in those feelings separately, right? But the truth is, no matter how blessed someone is, no matter how lucky they are, no matter how amazing their life might seem, they might still feel like a victim. And we see this in the high suicide rates, particularly among prosperous communities, right? We see this in the high rates of depression and anxiety, particularly in prosperous communities. So that link is not necessarily always there, that what seems uh, difficult and challenging and, you know, uh, really disadvantaged from the outside, it does not always link to the internal experience of the person on the inside. And that's an important point to make, because if you think about it, I could show you, and you could probably conjure up in your mind two people that you've either actually met and know, or that you could imagine, or that you've heard about, right? And you can imagine one person who from the outside has it all, right? They have the fancy house or the fancy car, the amazing career, the bodily health, a beautiful partner, healthy children, whatever. And maybe they still feel uh, terribly victimized and they might suffer terribly from uh, feeling disenfranchised or feeling uh, just upset or low or having a hard time, right? Their their mindset. And I'm not talking about clinical or chemical depression in this case, although that's uh, that's part of this conversation but not certainly not my area of expertise but it's very interesting to see how sometimes people can be in a situation where we would assume they would be the happiest in the world they've got everything they could possibly want and yet they're not and then we could easily also probably imagine people who it seems like they have every gripe right they have everything to complain about life has not gone their way in any kind of way they've been handed the worst deck of cards we could imagine right 
And yet they seem like incredibly grateful, happy, strong-minded individuals who are not victims. So if there's this asymmetry between the external reality as we perceive it and people's internal reality, what is the key? What differentiates them, right? What differentiates, what actually unlocks a positive or happy or sunny or strong, uh, resilient, gritty, capable, overcoming attitude from the people who feel helpless, nihilistic, you know, giving up on life, giving up on themselves, nothing means anything, nothing's worth anything, or or just feelings like I can't, or I'm not good enough, or I'm always going to mess things up, or nothing will always work in my favor, right? What is the differentiation between those two people if it isn't the things that we sometimes think it will be, like external uh, accolades, or achievements, or prosperity? And let's take this one step further. What if there were two people who were both terribly victimized in a situation, right? Two people who went through tremendous abuse, for example, right? And you see these two people and you think they've both been through a horrific experience. They're both objectively, clearly, obviously victims, right? They should feel victimized. And yet one does and one does not, right? One, well, maybe they both obviously register that they've been through a terrible thing, but one is uh, paralyzed by it, as I have been in the past, right? They're paralyzed, they're petrified, they're anxious, they're reliving their trauma again and again and again. They're consistently, um, basically, this episode of abuse is now going to permeate and color their entire lives based on that experience. So their whole identity is going to be built around that. They're forever going to feel like they have to look over their shoulder, like uh, the world is going to take something from them, like they're not safe, uh, like others can't be trusted, right? There's, there's going to be someone who's always going to feel like they've been wronged, and that is going to be uh, a justifiable reason for them not to be able to overcome and, and build up the life that they want or be the people that they want to be, right? Totally justifiable. That's one case. And then another case of someone who goes through identical scenario, um, and yet somehow it doesn't have the same effect on them. The the effect that it has on them is whilst they grieve it and they go through a real process of grief, they come through the grief and somehow uh, build themselves up from it and even find lessons in it or blessings in it or maybe something they can learn from it or maybe a way that they can help others who suffer through the same kind of thing maybe the way that it can inform their life and their mission moving forward you know there are people who go through just the most horrific things and you can't understand how they can still be standing and yet not only they're standing but they're somehow serving you know they're somehow uh, grateful um, I saw this on my grandma. She was such an amazing example of this. You know, she's a Holocaust survivor, a whole family, you know, murdered and penniless refugee. And somehow she's the most grateful person I know. And I just don't get it, right? On the surface, it's like, I don't understand. How can you possibly overcome this? And so I've just been questioning from kind of my whole life, but what differentiates those two people and how can we learn from that so that if we choose not to stay in a, a victimized mindset, if that's possible for us and it's not possible for everyone, but if I wanted to decide to empower myself and to somehow rise above, etc., what could I do? 
And the main thing that I came to was mindset. Mindset is not an easy thing to master and it's not available to everyone, right? It's just not available to everyone. Sometimes our very neurology has been hijacked by the trauma and without extensive therapy and even with it sometimes we may never overcome it. But sometimes we can. Sometimes that is available to us and then we have to ask ourselves, okay, so what are the mindsets that are going to set me up not to feel stuck, petrified, paralyzed, small, anxious, etc.? as I move through my life, despite and perhaps even because of the difficulties I've experienced. Now, some of you listening to this have, will self-identify as someone who's experienced terrible, you know, terrible trauma, terrible tragedy, terrible loss. Maybe not in one big event, maybe in just a drip, drip, dripping of, of, of difficult events throughout your childhood or something like that. And others of you might feel like, no, I never, I never really experienced anything terrible. I never really had a big loss. I never really went through a very challenging experience that was out of the ordinary. And yet, even if you feel like you've never really been through very much, you might still feel like your mindset isn't strong. Like you feel like a victim. Like you feel easily offended, easily shaken up, right? Like you're at the whim of the weather, of the news, of politics, of war and peace, of the, of the stock market, of your mother-in-law, of whatever it is, right? Whatever external forces of the tantrum your two-year-old has. And you feel like those things just influence you so much. Right? And that's certainly where I was. Um, I felt like I was just like this weather vane, right? That no, no matter what anyone said to me, no matter what happened, it, effect, it kind of spun me around and influenced me in this powerful way until I started to learn about my own control and my own empowerment over crafting the mindsets that actually serve me. Now, I just want to state again, to, to be really clear, if we want to, it's justified for us to stay feeling like a victim, feeling offended, or feeling shaken by the world, right? Um, that's, that's an okay way to go through life in some respects. It's just not what I wanted for myself. Um, it just felt for me like it was taking me completely out of my own power over my life, my own creative energy, my own health, right? Because I felt very, very unhealthy when I was stuck in those mindsets, very un, uh, you know, not vibrant, not alive. I felt just, you know, at the mercy of forces that were larger than me that would take over uh, my mind and my days and my nights. And I didn't want to live like that. And I guess my point here is that if you feel that way, sometimes you don't have to live like that either. You don't have to live uh, feeling like you are going to be so easily influenced by external forces or even by internal thoughts, right? Like if you have a thought that plagues you, like I'm messing up, or I can't do this, or I don't deserve it, or it's too hard, or I'm just lazy, or I'm just broken, um, or I'm just too sensitive. I am one of those believers in people's capacity to change when they want to. I, I very, very much believe in a growth mindset, um, a la Carol Dweck, who teaches us that some people think of things in a fixed mindset way, like how you're born is how you're born and you can't change it. Other people think in a growth mindset way. In other words, we are able to 
learn and adapt and adjust. And whilst I absolutely believe that we all come into the world with certain genetics and certain preloaded temperaments, um, I also believe that there is massive, perhaps endless room for uh, switching those things on and off or amplifying parts of us and uh, minimizing other parts of us. So for example, my own sensitivity, I'm certainly, uh, I was at least always classified as a sensitive person and I thought of myself that way. Um, but my own sensitivity is something that through deliberate thought I, and, and effort, I have managed to shape it and use into a place where it's a tool that serves me, but it doesn't override and overwhelm me, right? Because when you're sensitive, it's, it's great to be sensitive to other people, right? It's great to be sensitive to yourself. It's great to pick up on things and to notice things and to feel people's feelings and to empathize. Um, but it can also be uh, really um, kind of, um, it can also keep you very vulnerable to negative energies or not allow you to, um, to kind of withstand a critique or withstand challenge because you're so sensitive and it affects you and influences you in such a supreme way. And in some cases, I found that it was a, a kind of a pediment to my social skills, right? If I'm constantly concerned with how people might perceive me, or if I offended someone, or if they offended me, or what that person was thinking, what that face meant, etc., then it's, it can be very paralyzing and also very counterproductive at times. So that's the type of quality that we have to shape into a quality that serves us well, but also knows its place, right? Also doesn't override us. And that is something that happens through mindset work because we start to think about how we think about things. We start to think about how we interpret things. We start to put clear order and boundaries over the chaos of our mind that just runs away with certain fears, allegations, doubts, you know, uh, trends, right? And we start to rein that in and actually say, well, actually, I want to be the type of person who thinks in an optimistic way, for example, or the type of person who thinks in a realistic way, or the type of person who has a mindset of an overcomer, or the type of person who has a mindset of someone who is not easily offended, the type of person who has a mindset of not being easily shakable. And what does that mindset look like? How do I now have to start interpreting world events or relationships or my children, or myself. And that is exactly the type of work that we do inside of Alchemize, a real kind of training ground, if you like, right? A, a gym, as it were, for our mindset, uh, for how we want to think about things, how we want to think about ourselves, our children, our relationships, and the world at large. And it's not for everyone to do that work, but if you feel like you don't want to stay in a mindset of someone who is constantly feeling at the, you know, at the mercy <laughs> of what's going on on the outside, right, or on the inside, right, feeling like a victim and, and feeling offended and feeling shaken, no matter, no matter the reality, no matter whether or not those things are true, and I'm sure they are true, um, they certainly were for me, they even more so were for Viktor Frankl, right? But as Wayne Dyer said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And so even those most horrific circumstances can be integrated in our minds in a way that we can uh, really make sense of them in, to a certain extent, right? Run them through our filters 
and make peace with them or um, be motivated to act on them in a way that can be much healthier than if we don't run them through those filters and we just respond in default mode. So I want you to remember that in any given situation, any given situation that you're seeing and perceiving, you have a choice about your mindset around it. You have a choice about how you want to think about it. And that is the ultimate choice of growing up. That's the ultimate choice of being an adult. It's the difference between reaction and response. And that's tough because it's all in here. It's all personal, internal work. It's so much easier, <laughs> so much easier to say, it's my kid, it's my husband, it's my wife, it's the, it's the media, whatever it is. That's much, much easier and also true. Uh, however, even if it's true, it's, again, it's um, beyond our control and therefore it's disempowering and it leads us to this helplessness where we're saying, well, er, you know, everything else needs to be fixed, but we can't fix it. So then we're stuck, right? Like I couldn't fix the terror, but I could work on my own mindset around it and learn to develop a strong mindset and learn to handle fears and learn to handle anxieties and learn to dismantle hallucinations and learn to dismantle and end nightmares. That's what I could do. I could not change the reality on the outside, but I could bolster up my mindset, you know, kind of tool up, right? Get the tools that were necessary, fill up my backpack with things that could help me navigate that journey. And that's where I'm at with my work, with my work in parenting, with my work in marriage, with my work in just mindset at large is I feel very helpless in the face of the world's issues in many ways. Um, of course, right? And we, we all do what we can, right? You volunteer, you give to charity, you spread messages, you do what you can to help uh, with the causes that are close to your heart. But ultimately, uh, we feel quite helpless because there are, there are, you know, there are a lot of things, there's a lot of work to be done. However, I don't feel at all helpless. I feel very empowered in my ability to work on myself, right? I even feel helpless in my ability to work on my partner or on my children in some regards, right? Of course, we influence each other to a large degree, but ultimately it's beyond my control. Um, what's well within my control to the largest extent that anything is in my control is my own approach, my own mindset, my own way of thinking about things, my own interpretations and attitudes. And unfortunately, that's something that goes terribly overlooked when people are suffering and when people are outraged and when people are upset about things that are happening. Because you can fight for something, you can try and change it, you can go and volunteer, you can sign a petition, you can do all sorts of things. But ultimately, the most uh, effective control that you have, the most powerful control that you have is going to be how you internally process the information and react to it. And you can imagine if we kind of apply that rule of like, what if everybody did this, right? Well, what if everybody in the world developed a, a really strong, healthy mindset, right? What if everybody in the world knew how to think about things in a way that empowers them, in a way that they can live their values, in a way that they can respond rather than react, in a way that they can move away from, you know, drama and move towards coherence and cohesiveness and unity and harmony and communication and a solution orientation rather than problem orientation, right? I mean, there are so many things um, that we can do just within our mindset that then would kind of shine that light out into the world. Now, that's an unattractive and unsexy message because it, it demands real, personal, 
accountability and responsibility and work. Um, But I think it's such a sexy message because for me at least, it has transformed my day-to-day life. I have literally moved away from feeling constantly offended and scared uh, into a place where I feel a lot more brave and courageous and at peace and uh, empowered to go out and, you know, use my gifts and use my time and use my energy to build a reality, to create a life for my family, uh, for myself, for my community, and hopefully one day for the world at large uh, that I would like to see. Um, And that is why I say mindset is everything. (laughs) So if you are convinced that mindset is everything too, and it's a tool that you really want to master and begin to grasp and understand, I welcome you to alchemize theparentingjunkie.com forward slash alchemize doors open today to the course. We will start our coaching around. It's a three month um, intimate coaching sessions starting on October 7th. Spots are very limited. So run to sign up to that. Um, And you can also just purchase the course separately from the coaching. Although I have to say that the coaching experience has been phenomenal. And it's really a place where you can get uh, uh, this like-minded community, not in the sense that everybody will agree with you. We've had some fantastic debates in there about hot topic subjects where people disagree. But one of the beautiful things that I see in Alchemize and that I see in all of our communities at The Parenting Junkie and that I really, really work hard to cultivate because I believe in it powerfully is the ability to disagree and the ability to hold space for varying arguments and the ability to see the light in each other and assume the best of each other and understand how nuanced and complex different issues are and not box people in or label people in simply based on one or two data pieces again about them. And so that's really, if you want to be part of an online community, and this is such a rare thing in today's day and age, an online community where people are allowed to show up as they are, their religion, their sexuality, their race, their politics, their worldview, their nationality, etc. Um, but come into a space where there's so much love for you and so much acceptance for you and so much belief in your good and so much encouragement for you to create a life uh, that is in accordance to your values, not to mine, right? If that's something that you believe in more and you would like to see more of, then I I strongly, strongly, strongly uh, and warmly invite you in uh, because that is the kind of thing that goes on within Alchemize. So go forth and conquer a powerful, strong, helpful, uplifting mindset. And remember that no matter what's going on on the outside, no matter the information that you're presented with, no matter the reality, right? Um, how you perceive it, how you choose to interpret it, what you choose to do with it uh, is going to be basically everything that you have control over and is also going to be an incredibly empowering Uh, experience for you in being able to really shape the world in accordance to what you believe and in accordance to your values. Much, much love. Namaste. Thanks for listening to The Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste. Namaste.